0: It's been over 20 years since Hargraves et al. published their book, Learning to Change, Teaching Beyond Subjects and Standards. Maybe it's time to check in. Did we learn to change? And are we now teaching beyond subjects and standards? Hello, I'm Dr. Brad Fuller, and this is the gig based Learning Podcast. After 10 years of studying educational change, Hargraves et al., published Learning to Change, Teaching Beyond Subjects and Standards in 2001, noting that, quote, a new orthodoxy of schooling appears to be emerging in many parts of the world, especially in the predominantly Anglophone nations. They define the new orthodoxy as learning which is based on, quote, prescribed standards, especially in literacy, numeracy and science, that almost all students are expected to achieve. These standards are linked to centralised textbooks and redesigned assessments and are enforced through systems of accountability and monitoring that reward successful schools and provide support or threaten closure to those that persistently fall short. Does that sound familiar? But wait, they're just warming up. They say this new approach emerged at a time of, quote, growing concern worldwide about the apparent disengagement of many young adolescents from their schooling and the risks they increasingly encounter in their lives. Well, it's over 20 years on, and that paragraph feels just as concerning in 2023 as it must have been to readers in 2001. Standards-based reform was supposed to be the answer, but as the authors noted, quote, "'Standard-based reform appears to have an ambivalent relationship,' to the kinds of schooling and teaching that work best for young adolescents, especially those who are most at risk. And so it was up to, you guessed it, the teachers who found themselves in the middle of a quandary required to, quote, respond with urgency to the new reforms while dealing with the demanding learning needs, complex social worlds and socially toxic environments of teenagers. The authors identified three areas of tension for teachers as they wrestled with balancing the requirement to adhere to the new standards-based teaching, while their students seem to need a curriculum with, quote, greater flexibility, which has meaning for them, connects with their lives, and is grounded in relationships between teacher and students in which each knows each other well. They said, whereas students push the curriculum toward detailed central prescription, The needs of today's diverse adolescents call for the flexibility of broader guiding frameworks. Whereas standards tend to be externally imposed on teachers and students, the varying and pressing needs of young adolescents push the best teachers toward involving students in defining, interpreting, and being more involved in setting and reaching high standards of learning themselves. For over five years, the authors followed a group of grade 7 and 8 teachers in Ontario, Canada, and tracked their experiences and responses to successive waves of reform. They discovered that the teachers in the study were all willing and able to make complex and demanding changes in their classroom. Their work was not wholly romantic, and their achievements were not won easily. It required intense intellectual work and immense amounts of emotional labour to interpret policies and principles and turn them into working realities in their classroom. It seems that, twenty years later, we live in a world where standards-based reform continues its march across the education landscape, infecting every nook and cranny it touches. I think the gig remains the same as it was then. Save ourselves and our students. How? by using our hearts, minds, and imagination, and, quote, grounded in relationship between teacher and students in which each knows each other well. Work as intermediaries between the syllabus and the student to bring prescribed standards and outcomes to life by creating learning experiences for each student that are flexible, meaningful, and connected to each student's life. Citing Marsh, 1999, and Lieberman and McLaughlin, 2000, the authors suggest, quote, "...a focus on processes of teacher inquiry and on building professional communities of practice, where teachers experience the time, encouragement, and standards-based urgency of working on standards and reform together." Moreover, sufficient levels of support and funding for teacher inquiry and collegial discussion to take place in, ready, school time, are crucial. If anything, I'd say the evidence points to an even more orthodox orthodoxy of educational reform than 2001. But thanks to Hargraves and al., Maybe we can pick up the work they set out for us in 2001. We know that making complex and demanding changes in our classrooms won't be wholly romantic, and our achievements won't be won easily. It will require intense intellectual work and immense amounts of emotional labour to interpret policies and principles and turn them into working realities in our classrooms. But we understand that... You gotta fight! So let's come together in community, taking time to share and encourage each other. Who knows, maybe one day the bosses will even find sufficient levels of support and funding for this to take place in school time. Until then, I'll see you online. If you'd like to know more about gig-based learning, we have a website at, unsurprisingly, geekbasedlearning.com. On the website, you'll find information about our geek-based learning community of practice. It's for classroom music teachers who want to find other classroom music teachers and join with them to live the good life of good teaching. I hope to see you there.